That's the new one. Yeah. Slaps. I think Slaps it's hyped over too. Is mm. Slaps still a thing? I like Slaps. I, no, Slaps is good. Yeah, slaps slaps is, works. Slaps is good. I'm looking at you, Sophie. Right, Sophie? Is Slaps still a thing? No. Slaps? What do they say? Don't say yeah, sure to me like I'm some old guy. What do you say? Like if it's like levels are Gucci, like it's Gucci. This is Gucci. Set solid, right? Fuego. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. I mean, I guess we're simplifying it. I guess we're just yeah going back. Right. Yeah. That's. Oh you say bet? We're just all bet. That's that's all it is. Bet. No cap. Bet. Yeah. Cap. Cap. No cap. Cap. Fuego. Fire. Yeah. I just learned what Chugi was the other day. That was pretty cool. Yo, it smells so good. I wish I wish you could smell this. I'm making another batch on Friday. Oh, we're doing shortfall again. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's Do we so have any good. Besides sugar plum sours for the winter, uh, we'll do sucker punch again at some point. Really? Yeah. Is that like a mainstay now? Uh, whatever the sales team wants. <laughs> okay. Whatever the sales team wants, the sales team gets. Unfortunately, <laughs> they are the ones selling the beer. Big old knuckle sandwich. Not me yet. No. Not yet. No. Not they, you. They, they, they gotta know how to sell coffee. No. So, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. To creative working title, um, I want to kick things off by asking you a question. This is a question that's been asked just to every single guest, just about every single guest uh, that has come on creative working title. What does creativity mean to you? But before you answer that question, because I haven't prepared you for this at all, we, we've done zero preparation for this podcast like we do for just about every single podcast. We just riff, right? That's the nature of podcasting. Um, we like that informal approach. Mm-hmm. Before you answer that question, please tell us your name, why you're here, what you do kind of thing, which will kind of lead us into our conversation, but then answer what creativity means to you. Jacob, please go first. Gotcha. I was going to see who had to go first between the two of us. I assigned. Uh, I, sh- gotcha. I should have let there be a moment of them figuring out, yeah. you guys just kind of figuring out. I would have given yeah. it to you. I mean, I would have given it to you I'm gracious. you've been here longer. In the I'm world? The, yeah. the, I get both. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my name is Jacob Fela. I am the director of roasting operations for Alvarium Roasting Company, the sister company to Alvarium uh, Beer Company. And now I go into the creativity. What, what, creativity what does what does creativity mean to you? Uh, creativity to me, now that I've had about thirty seconds to stall, um, is probably to innovate in a forward-looking manner, looking at things from the past and improving on them in a way that makes them better, easier, or more unique than they have been before, learning from the past to grow into the future and create something that is overall better or just more fun. Love it. Yeah. And, and it's intentional that I'm not giving you guys a whole lot of prep time because I want it to be fresh. Go ahead. That was too fresh, like a dictionary <laughs> definition of what creativity means. Well, I mean, that's I'm best on my first take, and then after that, I just start to summarize and panic. So, well, great. <laughs> well, I'm uh, Nick Palermo, better known as Dicky. I'm the head brewer of Alvarium Beer Company, and I make and help design all the recipes, manage the brewing equipment. I wear a lot of hats for the brewery, but most of the time, I sit on the computer now, which is pretty fun. But for me, creativity means using everything that you have and putting your whole heart towards something that you're creating. And whether that be um, a dance, a beer, a just an expression of what you care about, putting your all towards something you care about and showing it however you choose to do so. Love it. Yeah. No, there's clearly no wrong answers to this, right? Like it's, there's, there's obviously some kind of, subjectivity to it, right? Is that, you know, who defines creativity? Well, we all do, right? Or what is creative? Or what is, you'd mentioned, you know, making something better, right? It's like, well, what's better? Well, based on context of whatever it is that you're doing and what what you were sharing, right, is like a little bit of passion, like, well, who's to say what's what? Mm -hmm. No one and everyone and anyone, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely want to talk about beer, what you guys do, coffee and beer. So you guys came over and brought some lovely beers. Thank you again, by the way. You're welcome. Um, There is an event this evening, and uh, Alvarium is sponsoring that event with some delicious, tasty beverages. Also, Alvarium is going to be sponsoring our Tuesday tabs moving forward. Bang, bang. Very, very, very excited about that. But just in general, the fact that... um, you guys will be will be helping us host events and helping everyone enjoy 
those events. This is uh, Scorpion Bowl, and this is the most delicious beer that I've... And I'm not even just, like, bullshitting. This is so good. So there is... There's one other beer that I would put in this... Um, this caliber of sour. I love sours. And I definitely want to talk about sours in a second, yeah. but I love sours. The other beer, um, are you familiar with the Stargazer beers? Skygazer. Sk- thank you. Yeah. Um, don't mind me as I just... I get to know my products. Yeah. Um, Skygazer. Mm-hmm. So that's... They're out of 12% yep. brewing, right? And if I'm correct, 12% is just the place to brew. It's not an actual brewery, or it is an actual brewery. It's an actual brewery, and a lot of different brands uh, brew within that space. Gotcha. Yeah, that's it, what it is. They do contract brewing, right? That's what it's considered. Or yeah, they're they're a collective space for anybody who wants to start a brand. Cool. So if I just want to make these these Skygazer, you know, sours, right? They make like this. It's almost like it's. I had this tangerine one, and it was like milky, mm-hmm. like it was thick. What what? So, talk to me about what that is. And the difference, or, or, or I guess just talk to me about sours. I just, I got so many questions about sours and what makes them delicious, but this is on that level. This isn't quite creamy, but it's mm-hmm. almost, right? Am I wrong? No, it, it all depends on everybody's palate. Everybody tastes things a little bit differently. So that beer that you had might have had some lactose in it or something to give it more body. Lactose is just unfermentable milk sugar, which a lot of sour breweries or a lot of people who make sours use because it... It does. It adds a sweetness to the beer. Sometimes sour beers can be very sharp. This mm. one tends to be a little bit more on the acidic side because we use a lot of fresh fruit juices. I freaking love it. Like, Pineapple, is... orange, cherry, and a little bit of lemon in there. Plus the natural lactic flavor, just the sour flavor of the base beer itself. Yeah, like if you have a cut in your mouth, this you're going to feel this one. You could, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it is yeah, good for absolutely. cleaning it up, too. It's, yeah. it's almost like peroxide in a way because yeah. you, know, you got the alcohol in it. So it's just rinse. Maybe that's not the best uh, use. Yeah, yeah, or just... Or, push for that beer is yeah it, it's like peroxide but you got the with peroxide fruit. beer yeah yeah, 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 yeah exactly like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like the flintstones vitamins but sour you let's, got an open wound yeah let's just pour this right on there i you have could. done that with vodka but that's you're it. right the flintstone <laughs> vitamins you're right right we have thought about making that into a beer but that's, oh no I, we're gonna you'd get a season desist for that for sure that's okay but you don't call it you don't call it flintstones right you call it something else right yeah that's part of the creative process is trying to figure out what we can name a beer but Trying to not infringe on everybody else at the same time. It's hard to be creative in a world full of hundred thousands of beers. You know, uh, me personally, I try to. Now that I've been in control of Alvarium for the last year and a half, I want to make sure that I'm not stepping on anybody else's toes. If we want to do some creative, I want it to be ours. Mm-hmm. Not try to take too much. So we, I love random name generators. That's my favorite way to name a beer because it's tough. You think about a cool beer name on the road or something like that, but what's better than a randomly generated, out of the blue name? Me texting you about 45 names a day until you Which, say, unfortunately, I also know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, veto, veto. No, no, no. Let's go to Google. Yeah. Random. Like, why is it any better? Well, it's not, but sometimes I have to say no. Yeah. I try not to, but... I, I have a few on the list. They're, they'll come down the line. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'm working on it. Well, I'm definitely a big fan of dumb ideas, right? So mm-hmm. even if you're, if you're sharing names, right, and you're like, these are stupid. Well, that's great because then... The hope, in my mind, of when I share dumb ideas is that, well, then maybe a good one might come out of that because you're like, well, that's dumb, but what if we called it this instead? If we'd exactly. segue off yes. that one idea to another one. That's that's what I like to do. At least my approach at the brewery is to get as many hands on the idea as possible because we're not sure who's going to come up with the best idea. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're working at the brewery, at least at Alvarium, I want you to feel like maybe you had some part in the beer, whether you be packaging it, whether you be putting it out in the tap room, whether you are physically brewing it or you're sitting on the computer just typing buttons about it. I want to make sure everybody might or could just be a part of it. You know? Right. Get everybody involved. It makes selling beer better. It makes the, the atmosphere better. It makes working at the brewery uh, a better experience if you feel like what you're selling is something that you made. Yeah. Yes. More cohesive, especially because it feels like everybody had a part and then they care about it in a way that is different. Yes. And it feels like it's a part of them, and they want to give it to others and share that experience that they had when they were making it. Right. It's it. Then it doesn't feel like a job. Right? Exactly. Then it, it feels, feels like, like a passion. Yeah. It's like yeah. you telling me that that's one of your favorite beers of all time. This makes no matter what I had to go through today, and ter- if it was a, uh, a broken mechanical issue on the brewing system, or we ran out of this, ran out of that, you telling me right here, right now, that this is one of your favorite beers made my entire day, and that's why I do this specifically to see the joy and share these stories with people about beer. That's what I love about it. Yes. 
So, so, and that's awesome because, because that's what it, in an ideal world, that's what it should be about. Whatever it is that you do, right. To earn, to earn a living, to earn your income, right. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be great if it could be something that you thoroughly enjoy? And even if it, it means that you just get to come up with, help come up with the names and, and, and maybe you're on the sales team. You're like, ah, somebody had this great idea. Instead of just being like, just do your sales. You're like, no, what's your idea? Mm -hmm. Yes, it might be stupid, but then it might trigger a good idea after that. I mean, right. that's that's what it should be about, or at least again in an ideal scenario. Yeah. Um, so, sour. So, talk to me, not quite on a technical level, but on a somewhat technical level. Okay, what is it that makes a sour beer a sour beer? And and I don't know if they're still currently on the rise, so to speak. It seems like that for me, where at mm -hmm. least I'm. Um, when I go into bars now and I ask, do you have any sours on tap? It, they usually do now. There's usually at least one. It's still rare, yeah. right? But what is it that makes a sour a sour? It depends on the brewing process, so not to get into it too technically. There's many different ways to sour a beer, but really you're using better strains of bacteria like you would find in your yogurts, things that make things naturally tart, lactobacillus or pediococcus, things that are, and that's a general broad term of what we can put into the beers, but those things create lactic acid. Lactic acid makes beer sour. But for us, we use a yeast strain that naturally produces it. So we throw that yeast in there. It's a dry pitch like you would any kind of bread or anything like that. And it makes a beer sour. Mm. Almost like magic. Technology has really increased our ability to make any kind of sour beer and put it on the shelf and put it into a can where it's going to stay in there and you can drink it months and months later and still be good. Ah, uh, so great. And then obviously mixing in things like fruit, stuff like that to kind yeah. of enhance and support that, right? One of the things I've done just ever since I've been in the industry and I was a bartender, not on Jacob's level by any means, if you guys know that he can make the best cocktails in the entire world. I, I don't even say best cocktails in the entire world, but Shh. I make a tasty cocktail. But uh, I was a bartender <laughs> while I was in brewing school and afterwards, and what I could do the best is make beers with or uh, drinks with fruit in them. I was really good at it. It's not things I drink myself all the time, but mm. I tend to have this natural ability to throw spaghetti at the wall or fruits at the wall and have them fall into the beer and it work out. Mm. So fruity beers are my favorite things to, to make because they come out pretty good. And yeah. I love scorpion bowls too. I love hibachi. Uh, so I just, I wanted to make something fruit forward, but cocktail inspired, but something you haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. So scorpion bowl was one of those first ones that was my true recipe. Everything that went into that can was something I came up with originally and it felt really good. Yes. No, I was I was very very excited um, because I I still find myself sort of seeking because because not all sours are made the same no. right which I mean I guess the same is true for like not all stouts are made the same not all ales are made the same IPAs are not made the same although to me maybe at this point most IPA like if you have an IPA like you kind of had them all yeah right? I'm, I'm no for sure I'm, I'm overly generalizing but like IPAs. They're not quite on the scene like they were, whatever you want to call it, 10 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Where, like, that was everything. Right. It's like, forget Bud Light. Like, you got to have an IPA. This is a 12 to 43% IPA. It's delicious. And there was something really nice about that, right? Because it was very different. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of gone away a little bit. I mean, IPAs are still nice, right? Tried and true. Like, it's right. like a nice go-to beer, right? Um, what is What would you say right now is the the popular beer or the trending beer that either the sales guys are asking you to make or that you're just hearing or that you're just aware of that like this is kind of where things are in beer. Well, in terms of the craft beer industry, I guess IPAs are still top. No they matter are. what, they're still at the top. There are best sellers and there's more ways as brewers we're getting the technology to in improve them, uh, whether it be new hops that are coming out every year and the hop process is like the same thing as growing Christmas trees. It takes about seven years from start of a hop process to the end it being in a can. So oh, wow. There's new hops coming out all the time from all over the world. There's new yeast strains that do so many d different fun things. Uh, there's stylized yeast strains that take some of the fun flavors in the hops and the oils and basically just stretch them out into cool different new flavors that you couldn't believe that you were tasting. You can taste coconut in IPA where there's no coconut. You can taste wine and, and mangoes at the same time, but you, you're thinking you're going to taste pine. Mm. So there's new things to do with IPAs, but uh, the other things that trend up for brewers are lagers. We love lagers, especially Crunchyroll. Uh, we like light, easy drinking beers because what we're doing is playing with hops all day, playing with hops and yeast and fruit. It's nice to have something light and clean. And a lot of people, especially the trends, are, are going towards more non-alcoholic and more body-friendly things. That's a thing, right? Yep. So yeah. lower calorie, easy drinking. You know, Not everybody wants to drink a lot of a high alcohol percentage beer they want something that's just nice to easy to drink you can go out you can have one and you can still get home safe like a like a session ipa right yeah um what's the uh, all day ipa yep that's 
that's such a solid it's an industry standard for a session IPA. It's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're pretty good friends with the guys at Founders over there. It's like I was gonna use the word robust. I don't know how else to describe it, but it is like a very like heavy like it tastes like an IPA, right? Yeah. It's not it's not a light beer, right? It's it's yeah. a heavy beer. Um but the percentage is super low. Yep. So just for those listening, Approachable. the session IPA, I think it's like four and a half. It could Something be anywhere like, or no, from like even less than that. I it think it could right? be anywhere from you know it depends on the brewer, but three and a half to five and a half. Anything that's just lower in terms of ABV or alcohol by volume. Yeah, so that seems to then be a trend because um, Athletic Brewing, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. they're kind of huge. They're oh, crushing yeah. right now, right? Huge. People are super into non-alcoholic beers. Yeah, which to me originally was like that's so stupid. It's like it's like a. Um, it's like decaf. Well, and we'll, don't worry, Jacob. I'll get you to chime in on decaf in just a second. But it's like decaf. decaf. It's like, why would you drink? Why are you, why are you going to make decaf? Give me the drugs, man. Uh-huh. Give me the drugs. Like, if I'm drinking coffee, give me the drugs. But I do recognize that some people are like, well, I want a coffee. It's the end of the night. <laughs> and I'm someone who's very sensitive to caffeine. This is not me because I can have a cup of coffee at 8 o'clock at night and go to sleep. No problem. I'm <laughs> weird. Um, or maybe I just have an addiction and intolerance. But we'll see with the cold brew. We, oh, oh yes, I don't know if you finished. Well, that's why, that's he's why having a scorpion switch. bowl yeah, and you gotta, you gotta a cold brew. brew. I did not finish the cold brew because <laughs> okay. I was telling, I was getting nervous. <laughs> like I was, I'm like, he said it was a lot. It is, um, it, it is, it is quite. A, it, it's as much as I can feel comfortable putting caffeine into that drink. Is the geez. amount that I put in there? It's actually stronger in the cafe as well because I use one pound to one gallon rather oh. than 0.75 to. One. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I got to I got to mix in my downers right now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 A little bit up, a little bit down. The sugar yeah. in there is going to help too. I got to level. I got to. I got to try to level out. Um, but that's really interesting that lighter beers, um, like you're saying, lagers, right, mm-hmm. are seem to be more approachable, or at least just more of what people want. But it's interesting to know that IPAs are still the top sellers. Oh, absolutely. And like yeah. you said, with the, uh, the non-alcohol, non-alcoholic beers especially athletic, they have grown so much in the last year that, or even the last two years, they're, they're in the Olympics, their athletes are drinking them because you still get the, the you get the carbs, you get the, the little bit of calories in there yeah. and it's not hurting you at the same time. I think what athletic does is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I, as a brewer, like you said, you know, even before when I was younger, just getting into the brewing industry, you know, like, yeah, give me the drugs. I just, you know, I want to get, like, right. I want to get a little messed up beer. from this beer, but right. I can appreciate that somebody is making something that other people want to drink because for me it's not just about getting drunk it's about enjoying a beverage that we made and around a group of people so if you are somebody that chooses that lifestyle or just in general you don't want to inhibit yourself in any way if you can right. drink something that's a nice crafted thoughtful beverage it's it's just as important right and that seems to be i i guess it's you know obviously as you mature you're not just like yeah i want to get wrecked in the middle of the day drinking beers it's like no just be a responsible adult and like, oh, but I do want a beer. Yeah. I guess it's coming from the the idea that when I was younger, when you guys were younger, right? O'Doul's was like the only non-alcoholic yeah. Oh, beer. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a trash beer. No offense, O'Doul's, but your beer is trash. <laughs> but like, it's yeah. not, it doesn't taste nice at all. Yeah. Right. So the idea of being able to make a good beer mm-hmm. that tastes great, but just happens to be super low, right? And I don't know if Athletic Brewing actually has. I, I don't know what their APB is. If it's zero or if it's like point one or point five. Uh, there's there's a amounts. like a. It's almost like kombucha is like an almost a negligible amount. Like that probably that, like point zero five or something. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Really yeah. So enough where like yeah, you drink six of them, you're you don't feel anything, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you're gonna have to go to the bathroom way too much. I was gonna say you get any you're buzz. full, yeah. right? Yeah, you're full <laughs> and you're peeing a lot, right? Yeah. That's they, the, they did it on a Mansers episode back when that was on Spike TV. It was like forty-seven of those beers you had to drink to get a little drunk. Really? Yeah. That's and ridiculous. That's, that's like a buzz. That's not even drunk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. But it's nice that that now exists. And someone even shared. Someone we work with, Justin, he even shared a, a bit of like a a hack or like a a trick. And when he said it, I was like, that's freaking brilliant. So the idea was that you're hanging out, mm-hmm. you're having a couple of beers. Maybe it's the middle of the day. Maybe it's the evening. Right. An event, and you've had three beers, and you're like, I'm good. Right. Like. I don't need to have any more. If I have some more, it's going to be a problem, right? Or maybe not a problem, but it'll approach a problem. But I want to continue hanging out. I don't want to go home. Mm-hmm. And I want to continue to socialize and drink. So, well, what if I just grab an athletic brewing beer? It tastes good. My brain says you're still drinking beer, but I'm not getting freaking ridiculously inebriated, right? Like, yeah. I'm I'm just hanging out. So when he said that to me, I was like, yeah. That's kind of the move, it seems, as though now I can just have, like, a drink, and I'm not just sitting there sipping on water because I want to still drink a beer, but I don't want to keep drinking, you know, 
eight nine percent beers because yeah. that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yep. That's this is the quintessential seltzer with a lime wedge and maybe some lemon or lime juice at a bar. This has been happening for years and years and years. You right. ask that from the bartender when you don't want to drink or you're done drinking, but you don't want to be asked like. Why aren't you drinking or right. why aren't you having another drink? You just grab one of those. It looks like a gin and tonic. It looks like a vodka soda. Right. But you're not drinking anything. Even though it's funny because we should all just be able to be like, yeah, I'm done drinking, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, Sometimes I'm good. when that roller coaster starts, you cannot get off the ride. Exactly. Right. right. So you just kind of subvert expectations by ordering something like that. And right. then you have something that appears to be a drink. Everybody thinks you're still drinking. And yeah. you don't have to go home. You don't have to have any of that weird conversation. Like, oh, let me get you another drink. You'd be like, no, it's okay. I've got I'm, one right I got here. a drink right here. Yeah, exactly. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Pour Athletic carry that at the brewery, too. We yeah. have Athletic at the brewery just in case you want to be at a brewery with your friends and you want to have a beer, but not... You still got to operate heavy machinery or you still yeah. got to do your job, right? Yeah. Um, we, have, we have a seltzer that I make, just a regular seltzer, because that's what I drink all day long. Just water with bubbles. And flavor. Also, bread with bubbles, kind of, <laughs> at the same time. But having something where you can come to the brewery and, again, if you don't want to drink, you don't have to drink, but you can hang out. Right. That's why. I, and Athletic has come out with so many different styles of beer, too, which is really cool. I think I find it fascinating because we yeah. can't make that due to the technology that we have. you got to buy a piece of equipment to do that. So I was just about to ask you guys, okay, so yeah. it's you literally have limitations from the equipment. Yeah. Basically, you can buy a machine that just splits the two. You can get beer, and then you can split off the alcohol. Wow. Yeah. And then I don't really know what they do with the alcohol afterwards, but right. Um, but that's Make not you know for us. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Distill it into a different side project. Yeah. Exactly. But at the same time, you know, that's not an approach that we're going to take because Athletic does a really good job of it. So I can keep making those, and they can keep making those, and everybody can be happy. Absolutely. Yeah. Community over competition. Love that. Um, All the time. So Jacob, let's talk. Uh, let's talk coffee. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, my favorite part. So. I mean, this this is the same thing that happens. The opposite. We we like to joke around that we all we both info dump on each other, and then it's like in we're one year out the other for both of us because we know a lot about both of our respective fields, mm -hmm. and there's just only so much knowledge that can go in. My brain is only so big, exactly. That I can't yeah. fit any more information in. That's just tough. But we both right. want to learn about the respective sides of the thing. So yeah. Um, so, so you came here tonight with some cold brews. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is different than coffee. Right, it is coffee, Tra traditional so. coffee, but it's coffee. It's yeah. it's it's from a it's bean a preparation. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and the the can that you gave me, mm -hmm. uh, you gave me a bit of a warning, only because uh, not like a, a crazy warning, but a warning to say like, hey, just so you know, that's strong, right? Normally, what I tell people when they uh, get the cans of cold brew is, drink this before four p.m. Uh, mm. Oh, mm -hmm. our uh, HVAC and plumbing guy, that's uh, one of the best in brewing. He's like the guy to go to for breweries, right? Central Mechanical. Central Mechanical, thank you. Yeah. Um, he was like, oh, I can handle this. This is fine. I've had cold brew before. You shouldn't sure. do anything to me. I don't water down my cold brew. I give you concentrate mm. um, because it tastes better and it's just overall better and the caffeine content's higher and all that stuff. He cracked one at probably like four or five and uh, he came in the next day and was like, what did you do to me? <laughs> I was sitting up at 3.30 a.m. staring yeah. at my ceiling. I couldn't sleep if I wanted to and I could feel my heart beating out of my chest. Wow. I was like, yep. Yeah. See, Meg, that's why I stopped drinking it, Meg. That's why I stopped drinking it. <laughs> yeah, it's, they're definitely strong. Uh, sometimes if you drink them a lot, and it is your main source of coffee. I see you glancing over at Meg every single time you say that. Yeah. Uh, then you have gotten to that point that it's just a normal coffee for you. Sure. Um, and that's the I, entire brew house as well. Yes, that's the entire brew house as well. I was well. going to say, yeah, you can't go back from that. Oh, yeah. Like, well, what you, you can. You it actually detox takes about, that Yeah, it takes a week to two weeks to reset your complete coffee tolerance. So Ooh. if you ever want to detox from coffee, just take like half a month off. And you'll that be set back like, to zero. Yeah, it seems gee, fast. That's no, no, no. That sounds like such a long time. Because <laughs> I, I've literally had conversations with my wife, where we'll be sitting at night, and and tell me if you guys are the same. I have a feeling you are, but uh, we'll be sitting at night, and it's like, all right, we're gonna go to bed, and it's like, I'm, I'm so excited for tomorrow because then we get to have more coffee in the morning. Like, <laughs> I'm. It's almost like a Christmas morning, like every morning, where like the idea of like waking up and being like, <gasps> coffee. And then I'm like, oh, that's addiction. That's what that is. <laughs> and I sort of started making the joke around here, and I, I started making posts about it. It's just like, it's a cup of drugs. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. it is. Let's it is. not pretend it's something other than caffeine. It's a drug that there is an addiction to. But it's something that I think I probably could go 
several weeks without it. Yeah. If I really wanted to, but I don't want to. I honestly have gone multiple weeks without it myself, uh, just because at some points, especially when we were setting up the entire program, uh, uh. I was drinking so much coffee, just dialing in, cupping every day. Cupping You're doing is, research, right? Yeah, exactly. Quality control, um, kind of picking which coffees to blend together to make our core blend line, all of that kind of like background work. I was drinking so much coffee mm. that the next week when I went back to my normal consumption rate, which is honestly, the, the joke is that baristas and people who work in the coffee industry drink the least amount of coffee because mm. we're always serving it to other people. Sure. Or we're always busy making it for other people. Right. So we, my one to two cups was giving me migraines because I had had so much coffee in every different method because I was making pour overs and cold brew and espresso and yeah. drip and I have to taste everything to make sure that it's on point and tastes good in every single form because wow. everything that I put into a bag I prep in every different way that I can possibly own to brew to make sure that when I sell it to somebody and they brew it at home it's going to still taste good yeah so 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 we were talking about what's kind of trending in beer right but I think right now it's almost like the answer is like what's trending in beer is like it's coffee, mm-hmm. right? Or, or yeah. I guess what's trending in breweries is coffee, right? So Alvarium's no stranger where been making beer for X amount of years. I, I don't know the full history of Alvarium. Five years. Five years. Yeah. Okay. So still young, baby. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Five years. And then within the past year, nine months? Six months. Six months. Yeah. Thank you. Six months, you now have a... Um, a, a coffee division, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah, full-fledged roastery. So we roastery. Or, that's what it is. So brewery oh, yeah. and roastery, exactly. Which yep. sounds way cooler than coffee. Wonder Twins Unite kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and I uh, source through inter-American uh, green coffee importers uh, to America. Uh, I source that coffee, green buy it, um, choose the blends, roast those, blend them. Do the mm. tasting notes, package and seal, all that in-house. And then we will then collab past that for beers. Um, we've done two, three. Uh, two, two and, and two half. halves. Yeah, two yeah. and two halves, yeah. So three. I thought you guys were going to harmonize on that. That was cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is that coffee stouts? Is that in like an obvious thing that, that you're well, you're collabing on that? That's what we've done so far, just to kind of break into it, where we just did a, collaborate, a collaboration with Abomination Brewing at a 12%, uh, doing a honey Teddy Graham coffee stout, big, big old stout. Um, that should be coming Ooh. out in about a week or two. But I have a feeling it's kind of like the, the cold brew that I had with like the cinnamon and the maple, right? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I actually yeah. used our house medium roast in that that have like notes of like graham cracker and peanut and things like that. Like those savory, brown, sugary kind of like good notes yes. that would go perfect with. And that's in a beer. That's a nice winter beer, isn't it? So we're yeah. going to be doing Hang a lot of those kind of things. Uh, we're, we're working on breaking in a lot more of the coffee into the beer. It's just, you know, when a good idea comes up, just venting it through and seeing how it goes. We've done coffees and lagers. We've done, well, really? we're, we're working. Yeah. I love a coffee lager. Wow. It's like, it's, it's everything about having a light beer and a coffee at the same time. It's just interesting. Yeah. So, so how long have you been roasting? So I've been roasting for about a decade now, just a little bit shy of it, like around eight years. Yeah. And uh, I've worked up from, I started as a barista and worked my way all the way up. And I just, it was kind of like a little bit of luck, a little bit of hard work, a little bit being right, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually started over at uh, Blue State Coffee. Oh, um, I know Blue State. Yeah, sorry. Who doesn't know Blue State? Well, if you're not in New Haven, you probably don't know Blue State. Yeah, I didn't like, know who Blue State was before Jacob. Or, oh, or, okay. uh, or Providence, Rhode Island. That's where their flag Oh, is that where they're from? Okay. Started. Yeah. Providence, then, Rhode Island. Yeah. Then Blue State kind of took over New Haven in a yeah. giant wave back in the early 2000s. I used to always go to the one on York. Yep. That I, was my go-to spot. I worked at the Wall Street location uh, when I started um, and became a assistant uh, or a, a supervisor and then assistant roaster and then head roaster. And then that's kind of where I stayed. I moved out of the shop completely because they had nine locations at that time and wow. were doing full distribution. So it was like production manager, head roaster, green buyer, mm. quality control, trainer, mm. bunch of different hats. Every hat. Every, every, every hat on the coffee side, except for coffee director. We had a great coffee director. She also worked on all the machines. She's an awesome person. So um, then Alvarium's like, hey, we want to start a roastery, mm-hmm. and they find you. Uh, so I actually was contacted through a mutual uh, friend on staff 
in a way. Uh, so I was also a bartender at the time at Cherkan Indian Street Food. I'm okay. sure you also know that. because Never heard of it. No, of course, of course, absolutely. I heard of Cherkan, yeah. So I worked behind the bar there, and my bar manager um, knew the, what is Cherokee's title now? She is our sales manager. Our sales manager, Cherokee. Uh, who, I'm so sorry, Cherokee, if I got that wrong. <laughs> who put me in contact with uh, Mike, one of the owners of Alvarium. Gotcha. Cool. And I kind of just cold emailed him and was like, hey, I know how to do a lot of the stuff that you want to do. I heard you're like kind of flirting with the idea of starting this. I would love to sit down and have a talk and see where things go. Oh, I love it. And now we're here. <laughs> so you, you right. So so you you work your way up. You find your passion. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity because of you know the network of people. And it was like, hey, you guys are doing the thing. I know how to do the thing. Let me do the thing with you. Yeah. And speaking now you're of, doing the thing. Speaking of creativity, though. Um, I actually found the passion through going to something that was called the Mid-Atlantic Northeast Coffee Conference. Ooh. Maine, but not in Maine. It was actually in Providence. Ah, um, clever. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. And Inter-American, uh, Jarrah Harrigan, the, uh, my kind of person that I work with, she's the importer that I work with, as well as Olam and a few other people, um, Todd Mackey from Olam. These are like big people in coffee. Cool. Um, Put, came together to make this coffee conference for something for like the mid-Atlantic and the Northeast because we didn't really have something like that to have that passion. And I was six months into being a barista at that point and just happened to be at the right place to go there mm, and cool. realized how expansive and how awesome coffee is just as a commodity and how just an insanely big it is and how there's so many different paths that you don't see besides barista or coffee shop owner that you can really like invest your time and, and energy in, and make coffee an industry that keeps evolving and growing. It's been around forever and it keeps getting yeah. better. I, I mean, I, I remember the first time that I went to like a, uh, let's call it a, a bougie coffee place, yeah. right? Specialty. And when, yeah. when I went in, thank you, specialty, right? Bougie, yeah. Yeah, same, 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 same thing. That's yeah. the the real term for it, right? Yeah, that, that's what I call it. Alvarian bougie, bougie coffee company. Yeah. Bougie coffee company. <laughs> and the first time when I went in, I was like, yeah, can I have like a just a medium coffee, right? Um, and they, I was then presented to say, we're all out of drip. And mm. I don't, I didn't know what that meant. And I was oh, like, it sounds like somebody else, right? And I was like, I don't know what that. You should never be out of drip. I don't oh, know. Just me. Oh, oh. <laughs> what that means. And then I was offered a, uh, a pour over. Would mm -hmm. you like a pour over? And I was like, I don't know what that means either. I would just like coffee. Do you have coffee, please? And and it took me a while to kind of a couple. And then I went in there again. And then I was like, I know. Yes, I'll have that Nicaraguan pour over, please. Because now I knew. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I also didn't realize was that, you know, when I wanted room for milk, that that was like a bit of an insult to be like, I'm just going to put milk on this delicious, this delicious, like nine dollar cup. I was like, I just yes. want coffee. Like mm -hmm. I drink it a certain way. Yeah, I just want the drip. But you don't have the drip. This is a coffee place. And I remember just being frustrated. And I think there's probably a lot of people that just drink Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks all the time that are just like, I just want my coffee. Just give me my coffee. But that's, in theory, no different than people that are just like, yep, yeah, I'm going to go hang out at the beach. Like, just get some Bud Light and some Corona. Like, mm -hmm. it's fine, right? Mm -hmm. Versus like, no, 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 no. Here's this delicious sour. Here's this delicious IPA. Have this session IPA. I was like, I don't give a shit, mm -hmm. right? Does it have the thing in it that I want, the drugs? Mm -hmm. Then give me that, please. But there clearly is a demographic and there is a category. There is a business, right, that says we appreciate, we care, right? Mm -hmm. You you are roasting, mm -hmm. right? You, you're leading a roastery right now mm -hmm. because people care about that. Yeah, I actually love those people that come through the door. The, like the, the, the ones that are just like Starbucks drinkers, like yes, the the, the die you want to convert them, kind of. Yeah. I I don't not even that I want to convert them. I want to just show them, sure, that, like introduce it, them. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's about education, especially in the area that we're in. Specialty coffee is not very big in Connecticut. Uh, mm. There's a website called Spredge. It's like the largest online forum. It's been around since 2009 uh, for coffee and specialty coffee, also known as third wave coffee. Um, mm. Folgers Maxwell House being the first wave, then moving into second wave with the Starbucks and kind of like the established cafe that mm -hmm. like kind of just do the thing, um, but got big in corporate. And then third wave is that kind of craft brewing, unique specialty yeah. shop, smaller kind of shop. Although, Jacob, I'll tell you, the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. <laughs> I bet I can get you, you, you it. You have to get a slogan like that. It's a good slogan. You guys need a slogan. That yeah. slogan's so good. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know Steve, what Maxwell like House is, but yeah. I'm kind of like you in the fact that when I was first introduced to Jacob, I was like, I don't give a fuck. 
Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I, yeah, no, I, it's, I, it's I just fun. like coffee's cool, man. Right. I, I, coffee? Cool. I'll yeah. have some, please, and thank I you. I still panic when I walk in the front door, and I make sure I walk in the front door and to the side door, just to make sure Jacob knows that I'm here for coffee. Yeah. Right. And then I go, please make me something. Mm-hmm. And right. then I just walk away. And he's told me so much, and I've learned so much about coffee roasting just from being around Jacob. Like, we do info dumping each other, but the, the nuances to making a really good coffee and the nuances to making a really good beer are very similar in terms of what we've had to learn and go through and trial and error of, of our years in the in, you know, respective industries. And I have such an appreciation for what he does, but coffee is still very hard for me. Because I like just coffee, but then sometimes Jacob and uh, Kayla, who works at the, the roastery too, will make me just something uber delicious full of all these crazy different ingredients that they put together. I'm like, this is amazing. But I'm still panicking because I don't know enough about it. I, right. This is amazing, but I'm also okay with this stuff too. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. it, there's there's obviously the appreciation for people that you work with, but when what, at the end of the day, and I've kind of stopped doing this, but like you give me a, a cup of that nitro gas station coffee, it's like I just need coffee. Like get, mm-hmm. get I just want the drug, right? Yeah. I, I've I've since gotten over that and recognize and have more appreciation, right? For a nice cup of coffee and and even still um or or even to take that further right i've started putting in less and less milk or cream in my coffee originally i used to do it because i just wanted to cool it down so i could drink it sooner yeah that was literally the motivation i didn't want to put water because that waters it down i would sometimes put ice cubes but then it's like well no, i like a little bit of creaminess yeah mm-hmm. but now i typically will just drink it black and i'll just wait a little bit longer because mm-hmm. if it's a nice cup like yeah, I want to enjoy that cup of coffee. Cold brew is like on a whole other level, right? Exactly. Where it's where it's smooth. Like oh, yeah. you're sitting Land there talking that. to me about the way that you do it and the way that you're approaching. It's like yes, I appreciate that because this is really good and this is really tasty now. Cold brew is actually very dangerous because it is so smooth. Yeah. Because there's no heat in the brewing process, so you don't get that acidity, that that like that bite that you can get with other things because. Uh, other iced coffees, the way you make them is you usually snap chill or flash chill them, where you're brewing them over ice to make mm. them cold faster. But in that process, you're essentially doing chemical reaction into chemical reaction because mm. you're brewing hot onto cold. Science. Yeah, exactly. And yes. science. And then coffee happens. But that coffee, if you notice, if you drink an iced coffee in a cold brew, cold brew is not only more robust yes. because it has a longer brew time. It, it's stretched out over hours and hours and hours. It uses a larger amount of coffee mm. in the ratio, um, a coarser grind of coffee, so it's not as fine. Um, and then it also doesn't have any heat in the process. So it's smooth, robust, more caffeinated. Mm. And actually, most people that are coffee people don't like it. And that's so interesting, right? Because you're you're just programmed and you're used to a certain way of drinking coffee. Like exactly. this is coffee. This is how I drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Versus, yeah, that that one that I had, that cold brew that I had, was very very tasty. Mm-hmm. So well done. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. can't take full credit. Oh, they... I've been waiting to say this. this yes, is, this I don't is... make a ton of coffee in general, but this is a collaborative effort because we use the brew house to make these large batch coffees. Yes, yes we do. We use the tanks, we like hook it up to, as I understand it, this is my very basic understanding, but we hook it up to glycol to keep it cold the entire time that it brews. We use UV uh, sterilization to make sure that it is It's like a big lightsaber, it's pretty cool. That you like dunk it in there. It's a big UV lightsaber, we just dunk it in there. Yeah. Science. And then we also uh, nitrogen purge it to both agitate the grinds as well as to expel all the oxygen during the brew process. So it is an oxygen-free environment that continues on into the canning line where it is also oxygen-free to keep it as pure as possible because coffee can oxidize. Uh, If you've ever found a bag that you forgot about in the back of your cabinet and it smelled horrendous. Mm. That's because that's why all the gases and oils have leaked out and it's oxidized completely and it just kind of smells like stinky feet. Yeah, that's I mean, you guys are. Yeah, that's that's a whole other level. Right. That's <laughs> that's beyond that's beyond coffee. That's like if I was talking to you guys about the inverse square law and the hyperfocal distance of, you know, your your, your aperture and, and, you know, that's him. But he, he, he can do all that stuff. All, yeah. You can do all the sciencey stuff. I can yeah. I, I can do sciencey stuff. But whatever he said just went way behind my head. You can do all the sciencey brewing stuff. Oh, I can, yeah. 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 But that's what's really cool about it, right? Is it it's it's a craft, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. You, you guys have clearly found what what gets you excited in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's that passion. And again, in an ideal world, wouldn't it be great if we could do these things? But maybe not everyone can, but the people that are working around you, right? The more involvement that you can 
or, or I guess the more that you can include them so that they then feel, feel more involved, the better, right? Mm-hmm. Because clearly you guys are excited about this stuff. Yeah. And even though you're talking real specifically about things that I don't know, mm-hmm. I appreciate it, right? And I think others do too because it's like, oh, you're excited about this. And I think that's sort of the difference. When I thought about that very first like bougie coffee place that I went to, mm-hmm. the, the idea was that how do, you don't know what – like you just assumed that I knew what a pour-over was. And it's like, I don't, man. Like – if you approach it like, no, here's, oh, no, there's a pour over. Like, this is exciting. This is delicious. We don't have any drip. However, right, drip, you know, normal pour over. Like, if, if you make the assumption, again, knowing that, or I guess I'm maybe making some assumptions that not enough people know about the craft roasting process, right? Well. But maybe they do. But uh, maybe they don't. I'd say more so For, now. More so now, yes. It's definitely growing, especially coffee in on the East Coast is definitely still kind of in its infancy. It's picking up a lot more as the big people from the West move over. It's a West here. Coast thing, yeah. It's a mm-hmm. very, which very West seems, Coast which thing. Makes, Seattle. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, of course, duh, yeah. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that kind of started it, but at the same time. Oh, yeah, because uh, isn't there, sorry to cut you off, isn't yeah. there like a select Starbucks? Isn't there yeah, like Starbucks a Starbucks yeah. Reserve? Yeah. Reserve. Yeah. Uh-oh. They have one in um, Chelsea Market now in That's, the city. Okay, yeah. that's what it is. And that is the quote-unquote bougie, right? Because Starbucks, yeah. even for some people, right? If you go to yeah. Boston and you start talking about Starbucks, Starbucks, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, that's bougie to them. It's like, mm-hmm. eh, it's really not. Mm-hmm. But the reserve, the reserve that's yeah. where you're they really getting. They have like pneumatic tubes and roasters. Cool. And you can, that pour-over you got, you can get every version of a mm. pour-over. And so that's this cool. is the thing about coffee that makes it interesting as like a science and a craft is that, yes, I can say all the sciencey stuff past you and everything like that. But at the end of the day, what matters is, does it taste good? Does it taste like, good? It, I can look at graphs Do I and want say, to drink it? Exactly. This roasted perfectly. This hit all of my markers. My DTR is there. My uh, rate of rise was constantly decreasing. Like I, I was tracking all, everything correctly. But if you don't like the cup of coffee, it doesn't matter. doesn't like, matter. It matters what's in the cup most. And I think you can attest to this probably because you've been in the cafe, but... I will never assume that anybody knows anything about coffee that walks into the cafe. I want to educate and make it a space where people can be free to learn and they can um, try the coffee in a judgment-free zone, kind of like Planet Fitness. That was something. (laughs) So when I worked. I'm roasting. Planet, Planet Fitness. Fitness. Yeah. Planet Fitness. Um, <laughs> right. When I So when I worked at the Apple store, they, there was some percentage, and I forget exactly what it was, but it was something like 80-something percent of the people that walked through the door was their first time coming into an Apple store, right? Yeah. And there is this sort of bougie persona, right, that's connected with an Apple store. They're mm-hmm. like, hey, what's up? Welcome to Apple. Like, this is really cool and hip and well beyond anything you ever – and it's like that you wanted to be able to – sort of break all that down and assume mm-hmm. that everyone coming in is coming in for the first time. So don't talk to them like they know what's going on. Exactly. Because if you've ever been into an Apple store, well, the first time you went into an Apple store, I should say, is that like it was completely different from any other store. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like everyone's Even just so like, now. where's the register? Where do I go to check out? It's like, I can do that right here. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh I didn't freaking, yeah, I didn't yeah. freaking know. And it's like, so it's the education thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to to do that, right? Even kicking off, like, have you been in here before? No? Yeah. Cool. Let me give you some information because this shit is cool, mm-hmm. right? You're here for a reason, and maybe you don't know anything, and maybe I just want to tell you all about this. This is your first time, and then you're going to come back again, and you're going to be real excited because you're going to be like, yeah, Jacob, I'm real excited about this shit. You told me about it, and now I want to get it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Um, that, I think, is it, it, an approach that maybe you can't always take, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I guess it's different when you have a storefront, people are coming in, you can actually have that. But if yes. people are just, you know, I don't know if they're on vacation and they go somewhere and they walk into a, you know, Starbucks reserve, they're just like, yeah, can I just have like a dark roast? And it's like, uh, what kind of dark roast do but you want? that's fine too. Yeah. Like the biggest part of starting anything like this is educating and gaining the trust. So like, I like to say, if we can get somebody to come back three times, then usually the first time it's, I just want a medium coffee. Like, give me a regular coffee, please. That's let, usually the first thing they do. You kind of set your barometer, right? Like, exactly. let, let me calibrate. That's what I actually do when I get uh, pizza. Like, if I got a oh, new yeah. pizza, a new, give me a cheese pizza. Yes. Yeah. I want to see I don't the cheeses want... first, and then we'll go on to like, Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want your cheese. crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about that, right? If you start loading up all these toppings, that's you, you're masking your sauce, you're masking your cheese and your dough. Like, I just want a base. Then I'll go back and be like, throw some bacon on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe put some ricotta cheese on there. Maybe with a little pepperoni. Like then go give me the all the all meat, like all that. So it's mm-hmm. that. Here, here's a medium roast. And have this. Yeah. And then next time, 
let's look at the specials list. Mm. Let's see your crafted drinks that you have put together that have all the intent behind it that you're calling your specials that you have yes. made for this time. Right. And then by the third time, they should feel comfortable enough to go, can you just make me something? Right. Which is where you're at because you've been there long enough. Yep. Right. But yes, a so lot of... Yeah. I trust you. Just make me a cup of something delicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. And then Hot we ask cold. maybe what? Three questions. Hot or cold? Do you want milk in it? And sweet or straightforward? Something like that. I get to the first one and then I kind of... Just zone out. Yeah. Right yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I just started doing it right now. I'm sorry. Right. It's the <laughs> morning. Hitting immediately. Yeah. Right. It's the morning. I need something. Mm -hmm. Please make it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I am helpless. I need to go on the computer. Yeah. Please help. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's kind of the craft of it and kind of making it more like something that seems more familiar. Coffee is a ritual. It's not just mm. um, a product. It's something that is part of somebody's day every single day. Yeah. If you're a coffee drinker, it is a quintessential part of your path to success in a day like i told you my wife and i like think about that the night before exactly like we 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 just, we just like oh yeah coffee tomorrow i can't wait <laughs> it's gonna be so great i wonder what people would think if i just said i think about beer all the time all the time this i go to different. bed going i can't wait to have a beer in the morning yeah, yeah this is how it's different but like this this it goes back to also happens but yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the same, but this like goes back to the cheese pizza thing too. It's like when I was thinking about that, all I could think about is how that's that's loggers. Yeah, that's when I go mm -hmm. out to a, a new brewing space or somewhere I'm getting a beer. I'm like, if their lager's good, then I'll probably like the rest. That's of your calibration as a lager. Yep. If you, if I go in there, you make a good lager. I'm sure I'm gonna like the rest of your beers because lagers, while they are simple and easy drinking beers, they are some of the hardest beers to make on a a really good level. Really? Oh yeah. There very few ingredients, but the process may seem simple, but it's just not. It, to make a really good lager, it takes a lot of effort and attention, you know, because you can make a fruited sour and kind of cover things up with the fruit if you really need really? to. Uh, uh, okay, lagers sure. are for me. That's my cheese pizza. You can't hide that. No, right. you can't. You can't hide anything in a lager. It's just, uh, there's nothing I like in that. It. And and what's really cool, what we're talking about is is something that I appreciate in what I do, right? And it is this this beautiful blend. Actually, in in, in all the things that I enjoy personally, and. It's funny how I, I sometimes make this assumption that everyone enjoys these this blend, but it's science and art, right? Like, oh, yeah. there's yeah. a science to what you guys are doing. There's an absolute science. I've heard you talk about it right now, right? Mm -hmm. There's an absolute science. Like, if you fuck up the science, you fucked up whatever it is that you're making. But you learn the science, you know the science, and then you start dancing. Then you start doing a little bit of jazz. And you're like, what if I did this? What if I put this in here? Mm -hmm. Let me try this fruit. Let me try that. Yeah. Let me mix these beans with this beans. Oh, shit, that tastes pretty good. Ooh, that's trash. My levels aren't right. Let me go back to my science with this new art. Like, it's it's that dance. It's that balance. It's that blend. And like what you were saying before, right, is that, like, I want to be able to do my thing. There's other people doing their thing. Yeah. So let me, let me just keep refining my art because you know the science. And then let me just keep making the art. Sometimes I guess you kind of have to reset with the science, which it sounds like with a logger is. Right. It sounds like there is that science, absolutely, as that foundation. But then to kind of play around with that art, there's there's only so much that you can do before you screw it up. Right. And, you know, to be, to be honest, getting that blend of art and science is why I got into brewing in the first place. Mm -hmm. I was an artistic kid that was really good at math. You know, I, I couldn't focus too heavily on art. It just wasn't in my path as a child. You know, played a lot of sports and did a lot of stuff like that. I was driven in different ways, but I always had this passion to create and make something new that was mine. But at the same time, I was really good at math, and I worked with a. My dad was a worked in plants all the time, so I was around machinery. So it was just a this this whole industry and this career path for me has always been the perfect blend of creating something that I see as an art, but being able to back it up with all of this mechanical skill and knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's that's. It's always been that way for me. Just the perfect blend. Same thing with coffee. It's like you, you have to, you have to, you can love and appreciate what you do, but you have to be able to physically do it too. And it, it takes a lot. But that's again, it's just yeah, exactly. Fun. Like I think it goes both ways. Is the sciency part of our our product is a lot of the time just did we make the same thing over and over again? Right. Without any change right like, the consistency or, sure. or if it got better like i think you have a lot of more room for better like as yeah. far as beers go like you can you can change things get different quality but like for a house roast dark roast coffee or any coffee really that you have offered year to year mm. my best job is to offer it so you never tell there's a difference yeah right Even if i switch a coffee in that it's like it should taste exactly the same 
as last year, as yesterday, as last week, as last month. Any span of time, it's got to be exactly the same. Even though I'm doing a bunch of different little things in the background to make sure it stays the same. Yeah. And that's kind of that towing that art with the science of like, you have to meet the criteria that you've already set up for yourself and yeah. dance around. And I'm sure even things just like uh, seasonally that affect that, that you wouldn't necessarily know the humidity, right? When you're yeah. in summer and you're making the same thing, now I have to like, oh shit, now I got to deal with the chemistry of the humidity in the air mm -hmm. that now affects this batch that I'm brewing that yeah. has to be the same over and over. You know, I think about that at times and I'm like, I don't even know. Again, you need to know that much more science yep. to be able to produce in bulk the way you guys are doing this. Mm -hmm. So much appreciation and respect for that because I'm like, oh, I only need to know enough science. Yeah. I can lean real heavy in on the art side of things. Because, yeah. you know, photo and video, it's, you know, there's this subjective nature to it. It's sort of like, yeah, it's art, guys. Chill out. Relax. No, I meant to do that. I meant for it to be a little bit slightly out of focus. It's okay that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's art. But at the same time, if you put us in front of one of those programs, we're not going to know our way around. I've it. tried yeah, taking good. so many beer pictures, and they all look the same for sure but that's why people like oh. meg and i exist yeah yes exactly. that's why we're here you guys make the deliciousness mm -hmm. and we capture that deliciousness and i've tried too. i've tried taking pictures i try to step on the other side to see what it's like for somebody to to just do the other thing you know yeah. take these pictures and i can appreciate the fact that i can't take a really good picture that well so i love learning from from you or meg just what what we can do to make something a little bit you know, how can i do what you're doing too so that like we can both understand and appreciate what's going on. Like if yeah. you ever wanted to sit down and talk about everything it takes to make a beer, I will do that every day. It's my favorite thing. It's just talking right. to people and getting them excited about beer. Right. So when you're excited about photography or, or doing a shoot, that energy that you're showing me that you're excited about it makes me like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And Let me take some pictures if they're shitty or not. Yeah, no, and that's, I mean, I think there's, um, there's so much to that. And anytime when I can... And it's, it's natural enough to have a conversation with someone for the first time. Yes, I could, of course, ask you what it is that you do, right? Because mm -hmm. that's sort of like a go-to. Like, so what do you do, right? But I'd rather talk about what are you passionate about? Because now I know we're going to have an exciting conversation because you're going to be excited about a thing. So tell me about yourself. That maybe sounds a little bit weird. And even just saying like, hey, so tell me what you're passionate about. I just met you for the first time. Let's talk about what you're passionate about. It's like, hold on, stranger. Wait a second. <laughs> but to me, that right there is a moment where now I'd rather be engaged in that mm -hmm. than... So what do you do? It's like, oh, I, I, I work retail. Okay. You don't sound real excited about that. Let's talk yeah. about something else, right? Yeah. Um, so that, I think, is where you're going to kind of get the best out of people. And, I mean, it's clear that, that that's what's coming from you guys right now, which yeah. is awesome. I feel like the commonality is that we've all turned our passions into our careers in a significant yeah. way. Yep. and. We are very fortunate for being able to have done that. Yeah, super fortunate, super grateful to be able to. I mean, just right now, like I'm, I'm at work right now. This is, this is my job. Not a lot of people get like we're hanging out, bullshitting about beer, coffee, drinking a beer, in a podcast studio. Like that's, I, yeah, I'm, I got zero complaints. You know, my fiance had to kind of remind me of this the other day, and she said it. She goes. I think sometimes you need to realize that you have a really cool job. I know it yeah. might be stressful. You might have a lot of stuff going on. There's always a problem in the brewery, but at the same time, it's a problem I like to fix. But it can it can weigh down on you. But then you go tell somebody, you're like, yeah, I was at the brewery all day. Like, you're a brewer? You make beer all day long? Like, do you, you drink you it make, all day too? I'm like, yeah, kind of. You make beer. You make delicious And I beer. do. I have such a cool job. I get to meet so many cool people. I get to go travel places and drink cool beer and sit across the, the table with somebody and just shoot the shit about anything, Yeah, but it could also be about beer, but it could be about your life. It's another reason I got into the industry. I watched people sit around a table and laugh and share stories, and I happen to notice they'd have a probably a Bud Light in their hands or a, or a Rolling Rock that my my family used to drink a lot. PBR. Oh, well, that's, that's ours, but yeah, PBR. Miller, Miller Lights are my thing, but seeing that interaction between people high life. and, mm. yeah, high life, yeah. But it's that. It's the that's what I saw, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to recreate those moments with people mm. for the rest of my life. I can always tell somebody, I make beer for a living. They go, what? I'm a politician. That doesn't really sound... You make beer for a living? Yeah, right. yeah that's great. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I got cool ideas for beers. I'm like, great. Tell me them. No, I do want to hear them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it is, it is really cool to be able to have that, that blend of art and science and being able to, you know, incorporate the passion that you have into whatever it is that you're doing. So it's, it's working out. I would absolutely say you guys are doing a kick-ass job and, and it's really cool that 
you know, you guys are local. And then the fact that there are so many local breweries now, and I'm talking Connecticut, right? Oh, yeah. That there are so many breweries. Now. Over 80? Oh, there's like 125, more than that right now, I think. There's a lot of permits out there for I breweries. I mean, it's crazy. But the idea that, you know, everyone's going to have sort of some of their favorite beers from each different brewery, right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're going to be able to know, like, oh, if we go here, like, oh, they got the best blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. I had a, um, at the Two Roads Area 2. Oh, yeah. They had a balsamic vinegar yep. sour. Yep. Holy shit. Like, that was like, my eyes are tearing a little bit thinking about mm-hmm. that because that was so, I mean, it was basically just like, it was like someone took balsamic vinegar and just made a reduction out of it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, stop halfway. Here's a beer. And I'm like, okay, this is like syrup. Yeah. It was so good, though. Oh, they make a Manhattan-style beer, too. It is some... I don't know about that one. Oh, my God. It is probably top five favorite beers. I only get to have it twice, well, really, when I feel like driving this far down. Yeah. I mean, because I'm lazy. They do some but, funky things yeah. over there, though. But like, right. Right. Exactly. There's so many different breweries making so many different things, and... You said it before, but it's more about collaboration over competition. A yep. lot of us as brewers don't look at each other as competition. We no. get the questions all the time, like, what, what's a competition like? What's it like with the brewery down the street? It's like, I don't know. They, they're making what they, whatever they like. And if it, you, know, it, you might like it better than somebody else, but I'm not going to say, like, I'm making way better beer than them. Boo on them. No, yeah, absolutely I, not. I want to either work with them. If they have a question, help them. Sometimes I might need something. It might be a bag of grain. It could be... A recipe tweak. It could be anything. It, yeah. it, I, I want to be able to grow this career path for everybody who wants to enjoy it as much as I do. So why would I want to shut somebody out just because they're also making the same thing as me? Right. Dude, you make beer. I make beer. We should be friends. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, you make coffee. I make coffee. Uh, We should probably hang out because we probably have the exact same things in common. We could talk for hours yeah. about nothing and about everything all at once. So the, the idea that, yeah, community over competition is that I'm not going to sit and be like, oh, that beer is delicious. So therefore, you know, I don't want it. It's like, no, you make delicious beer. I also make delicious beer. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing in coffee. It's it's very much everybody knows everybody in coffee. It's a very tight knit community. In well, it seems coffee. like coffee for sure is definitely well on the rise. Oh, there's no there's not a joke there. If we were talking about baking, then there'd be a better joke. Well, is there I anything mean, there in coffee is that rises? Coffee. Is there, right? there oh, rice, rice, rice coffee is a nitro? brand. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's so like. If Sorry, I was looking for a cheap blooming, joke there. It's uh, it's blooming. Is it? It's not about blossoming. I feel blossoming because like the beans are flowers. Well, they're flowering. So, right. I mean, brewing is kind of a commonality between the two of us. It's, right. It's yeah. It's roasting. No, that's yeah. a that's a balance. Anyway, anyway co- yeah. coffee. Yeah. Coffee's you know increasing in popularity, right? Like yeah. or or specialty coffee, right? Yeah. Is is increasing, and. To, to think that, right, there's this small niche community makes sense, right? Is that yeah. you guys are still really tight. I, I don't know that we're at 120 roasteries at this point, right? Oh, definitely not. Not, right. not in Canada. What are we at, 10? Oh, I, honest, I honestly couldn't put a number on it, but it is it is not that many. And yeah. the range is different, too, because of when people got involved in coffee. Mm. It's different product across the board this is this is where it gets a little nuanced with the coffee things because yeah. coffee's been around forever sure and it's the second largest commodity traded after oil um so there's kind of nice. room yeah. for all of us wow. uh, yeah yeah, it's, that's, yeah that's it's been around yeah yeah it, it's well, like you said you started with blue state so blue yeah. states i imagine still around they're doing or are they not as much they're actually okay. They're actually, oh, they're, yeah. They're done, done. They're done, done. Well, because yeah. I knew that they closed because down. Jacob left. It's oh, not because shit. I left. No, don't don't spread those rumors. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I left heard, them in very confident here first, hands. folks. Jacob's <laughs> out there. Writing for... is in the latte. Yeah, so Alvarian better not let go of you, huh? <laughs> yeah. If, if you're gone, then they're gone. Yeah, I mean, I also That's worked right. for Tivana before I worked for Blue State, and oh, shit. Tivana no longer exists out oh, there. Shit. So. You're just like a black widow, huh? <laughs> you're just going in there. I did. I'm out. That. Yeah. That's good job security, dude. Well done. Yeah. I, I also cut off my finger every time I start a job, but that's that's a whole other problem. You did you did cut off your finger. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Only a piece, but that's separate. That's, that's fine. That's separate yeah. entities. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so it's still real small. So there's still a, a it sounds like a lot of room, right, for the experimentation and for just more of that information, that education, and just opportunity, right? At least in Connecticut on the East yeah. Coast. I would say yeah. So in our microcosm, that is Connecticut. There's definitely that. Like New York City, 
massive for coffee. Of there's there's so many places where you can get an of amazing course. cup of coffee. Yeah. And I've met a lot of people that work for those companies or met people in like the higher areas of those companies, as well as like Maine, which is interesting because Maine also has a very thriving craft beer scene. Huge. Mm. Massive. Yep. They have amazing water, which is great for both coffee and beer. Yeah. Oh. Because you need it for both. Natural spring waters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Duh, of yeah, course. So that's and then why also, Florida's pizza sucks, right? Isn't that what people say? Is because yeah, their water is trash. Awful. Yeah, anywhere there's bad water, yeah, it's it's gonna be bad pizza, bad beer, bad, bad everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, water's yeah, kind of. We all know Connecticut pizza is yeah. the best pizza, no matter what. Anyway, exactly. Yeah, New Haven pizza, mm-hmm. not Connecticut pizza, New Haven pizza. All right, <laughs> New Haven. New Haven. Um, but, and then Providence, Rhode Island, is also a hub for importers for coffee. Um, so it is also a huge coffee scene. A lot of people ah. see that as like the eastern seaboard kind of you go there if you want to be a career barista that competes mm. kind of thing interesting um so Who connecticut being that the little tiniest state yeah it's like in the yeah, middle, yeah we're all about coffee yeah yeah but like we're right in the middle of all of these like there's we got uh mass like massachusetts and new york and rhode island and they all have big coffee scenes that are pretty flourishing and then there's just Connecticut and right. we're, we're kind of just like growing right now and mm. so it's a lot of education and it's a lot of people in the industry that like are willing to help each other out I actually sat in on a meeting like oh god like five years ago um, at a brewery in Hartford um, where uh, Michael from Story and Soil mm. uh, which shop in Hartford and they also have one in Middletown in the Wesleyan bookstore oh cool um, oh they're 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 a very cool shop very like yeah they are. yeah very good people um, he got everybody together that was in third wave coffee in the area to try to make a coffee collective of Connecticut mm, in a cool. sense where if we had we wanted to like plan out a coffee map, build that community, it's like the wine, like the wine map of Connecticut, and oh, build that community. Cool. Yeah, sure, so they sure, could sure. have like places to go and coffee. And I love like the idea of people tour. just like all hopped up like, yeah. it's people, coffee. Oh, I do that yes. in every city I go to. Yeah, I, That's something I actually do. I try to hit at least three or four cafes wherever we go. Yeah. And I'll just be like, all right, well, we have to go get a cup of coffee here. And yes, they don't serve food. So we probably have to go get a sandwich here. And right. Meg gets mad at me because it takes too long at the coffee. first place. And then sure, she's getting sure. angry. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. More coffee. Yeah. Yeah. But first, let me get a coffee. Yeah. Exactly. But it it matters cool. because there's so many small shops that really care and they're really doing it right. And all of us need to like build that community together. I feel like craft beer has that. It's like such it a camaraderie yeah. between all of them. I would say so. Yeah, it's what we try to do. We're you know we have a Connecticut Brewers Guild. It's starting to rebuild a little bit and kind of revamp what we're all collectively focusing on. And that's you know kind of battling legislation that may help us going forward. But uh, even working at Alvarium, our one of the owners, Mike Larson, he is by far one of the most helpful people I've ever met in terms of, of brewing and being in the community. If there's any new brewery that's ever asked him for any kind of help, whether it be a zoning thing or an equipment thing, he's always there and he's always willing to help out. And it's, awesome. it's a it's a great role, role model for me, too, is I want to be collaborative with everybody, too. I don't get out as much as I used to sure. because I'm at the brewery a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. But it, working for a company that is ready and willing to always help out, it only helps the beer industry more and more like that. So same thing with, with Jacob and Roasting. I'm sure that the more other places pop up, if they have questions, I'm sure. I mean, I refer to you for coffee for anything. So anybody who asks me about coffee, I'm like, just talk to Jacob. He's over in the other room. Oh, absolutely. That way. To, yeah. be, to be that go-to yeah. source of information, to be that yeah. whatever you want to call it, industry leader, thought leader, and, yeah. and the, the go-to for those that are, you know, just trying to either get in or just get, you know, information, education, awareness, all that shit. Oh, I'm happy to help people pick out machines, sit down with them, talk about custom blends. I'm, I'm happy to go to cafes and literally help them dial in if that's what they need. Like, it's, it's one of those things that it needs to be more like seen pervasively through at least the coffee industry in Connecticut because we could capitalize on that and mm. have like, there's room for us. There's like yeah. room for all of us to be better together and like have good product across the board because it is something that should be spread and should have camaraderie. It's not competition. It's, it's just space for all of us. I love that. Um, I think that's a good, good place to end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where can people find more about Alvarium Coffee? Or so, ooh, more about Alvarium Coffee. So punch the socials, yeah. Um, so we are on Facebook at Alvarium Roasting Company. Uh, we are at Alvarium Roasting on Instagram. Yep. 
Uh, we have alvariumbeer.com slash coffee. Yep. And we have coffee.alvariumbeer.com, which is our shop ah. as well now that just launched for retail across the country. So awesome. shipping of all of our blends and soon to be all of our single origins and fun other offerings that we have to go on there. Um, I think that's everywhere I can plug for the what, roasting side. What is the top mix or or blend or, or bean that, that you think people should try? Ooh. Uh, so mm. I'll give two options. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> that was coming. Yeah. Uh, so dark roast is going to be our apiary blend. Is our house blend, house dark. Uh, it's going to be what most people like, milk and sugar. Great. We love it. And then I also just launched a Guatemalan geisha, which is a unique low-yield crop varietal of coffee with the most interesting profile in any coffee. Ooh. Some of these geisha varietals sell for thousands of dollars per pound. Uh, so it is spectacular. Um, it's one of the, my favorite light roasts, and that's for people who like to drink black coffee and drink things with a little bit more intention. Sip thoughtfully, if you will. Sip thoughtfully. Nice. Ooh, there you go. That's it right there. Yeah. And then beer. Where, where can we find about Alvarian beer? Alvarianbeer.com. We have, a, we have a map right on the website that shows you all of your local package stores, restaurants, bars. We've got over 800, uh, over 800 I think, accounts across the state. Uh, we also can be found across the country through Tavor, uh, a beer shipping website that uh, we send beer out to them every once in a while. You, if you're in any state that can buy Tavor, you can probably find us. That's awesome. We might be international soon, too, but that's a new thing. And you guys are in New Britain, Connecticut, yep. right? Right in New Britain. Um, what are two beers that you would recommend? Because you had two coffees, so you got to recommend two beers. What, what should people try? I'm always going to plug our Crunchyroll. It's yeah. our Japanese-style rice lager. We use some New Zealand hops in there, give it a little bit of a lemon citrusy kind of note to it. Also, I'm just going to plug Fresh. Fresh is our staple IPA, Citro Mosaic. It it's is. It's easy drinking. You, yeah. you get nice orange notes from it. It's it's just the IPA to go. Uh, thank you guys very much. Thank you.